Hello everyone, my name is Mayur Chaudhary, founder and advisor of Rethinking UX, India's largest design, design community. Today we are honored to have with us Anirban Bhattacharya, a luminary in the realm of design thinking, leadership development and sustainability investing. Uh, Anirban is in the industry for last 20, 28 years and I know that no matter how much introduction I have and I give, I won't be able to do justice. So Anirban, can you please take us through your to, through the memory lane from where you started and where you are now and what you have learned, uh, if you can summarize and then we will get into more deeper discussions. Okay, good morning and Mayur and thank you for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure chatting with you and really bouncing ideas. So yeah, so 28 plus years is probably what it is. Uh, I, I feel like a dinosaur uh, yeah. in, a, in a very young world these days. So I started my career in sales actually. I, there was a time where my first job was selling mobile phones and mobile phones look very different from what you see them to be today. They were of the size and shape and weight of a small cricket bat. And I remember literally carrying them on my back in a backpack door to door in North Calcutta and trying to explain mobile technology in a market that had no idea how things worked. Uh, this is, I'm talking of 1995, right? So that's long ago. Imagine that mobile phones had just come in, radio pagers were around. So I, I used to do that uh, while I was also doing my graduation on the side. and. Uh, for a princely sum of 1,200 rupees a month and 100 rupees commission per sale. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about sales. I kind of fell in love with selling. I fell in love with probably mm -hmm. what I then specialized in later, understanding consumer behavior. Mm -hmm. So trying to, you know, work with uh, different people, you know, different age groups, different communities, different businesses, kind of made me realize that there is no formula that humans operate under and the more I spent time understanding people the better I would be able to kind of communicate as well as convince uh, them to kind of uh, do what I would like them to do and at that point in time when you're selling that's all you want to do. Yeah. Uh, fast forward um, you know business school uh, I am Kolkata and then working in various companies from ITC to American Express to PricewaterhouseCoopers to Metro cash and carry to my last assignment, which was with the Seattle based venture fund called Intellectual Ventures. Uh, and that ended in all probably in the roles of marketing, sales, market strategy, uh, customer acquisition, go to market and stuff like that. Everywhere, this was very important for me, understanding the people I'm trying to kind of get on my yeah. side, whether they are an internal stakeholder or somebody in the market, somebody who's a customer or client or what have you. And that's when I think back in 2010, 11, I got exposed to design thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it was fascinating because I went for that course because, I mean, my company sent me for that course because we were dabbling in this idea of customer centricity. Again, Mayur, this is 2009, 10, 11. So customer centricity isn't really something we talked much about. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, coming from a background of, you know, customer sales and talking to customers this made complete sense i mean forever we were creating pitches and campaigns thinking how well do we know our you know target audiences target customers you yeah. know you build your customer profiles uh you know all of that and suddenly we were talking personas and doing empathy research 
doing the research yourself so i fell in love with the idea of research because to me even as i do this now so often my team does it so often the joy of doing this work is in the research part discovering who your audiences yeah. are going deep to understand their needs desires motivations concerns what makes them do what they do and then i kind of came on uh, on my own 2011 onwards uh, the painted sky is 18 17 years old it was started mm-hmm. by my partner back in 2006 but i joined only in 2011 when i finally hung up my corporate boots after mm-hmm. some 15 17 years and uh, so yeah it's been 12 years of doing this now uh, we are a leadership development firm and of course we are going to talk about that i'm sure and yeah. i specialize in the space of innovation and design thinking uh, i've been now in that uh, 11 years here and probably 10 odd years as innovation work that i did in my previous life 20 odd years of working with clients in the space of you know understanding what is innovation catalyzing innovation and then i think scaling innovation these are the things that we do well so i think that's pretty much what i do and yeah that's a little background i guess yeah no say uh, you have been you are quite vocal and you are quite active on the social media i have been following your posts for quite quite some time and i don't shy away saying i think you are one of the finest design thinking facilitators which i have i hope i, I don't see that i hope i don't uh, see that you are saying that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i am saying that because say uh, and i don't think anyone is doing facilitation for design thinking for last 12 years right and uh, even though uh, i have been doing it this for quite some time every workshop is unique in its own way right uh, yeah. uh, no matter how well you prepare right because of the audience and the diversity that they bring on the table you need to improvise on the uh, on the go right uh, so so and also in the industry there are fine leaders who are conducting design thinking sessions for your organization right uh, my next question to you is what's the philosophy of painted sky and how it is different than anything else that is happening in the uh, in the industry what is the usp or the uniqueness i somewhere uh, saw that art based approach is also yeah. one of the way for you right so i along with my audience would like to know uh, what's that uniqueness what that art based facilitate like facilitating of sure uh, sure and thank you yeah so first of all i don't think i can sit here and claim that we are unique i don't think anybody is unique anymore uh so many many years ago my one of my marketing professors taught me a term which i still use and it's probably that there's nothing called usp left in the market because in this copy paste business anybody can do anything particularly when you don't own ip uh when you are pretty much working in the open market uh what we claim to have is probably a competitive value proposition i call it a cvp and mm-hmm. that is something that we are constantly re- refining i mean how can we remain competitive and that value proposition is a differentiation for us so if i again go back a bit i think uh, my exposure to art based happened when i was in the us and uh, assignments and it was experience how you know you could as a simulation okay to drive human actions and out of that draw out learnings so when i let me take give you a little background to this so if you look at the the theories that abound in this space there's been a lot that's been written up not so much recently i don't see that but there was a time when art based was a new thing 
and from Harvard Medical School to INSEAD to Yale, everybody was dabbling with art-based methods. And it was coming from the background that the human attention span is reducing and we are yeah. becoming more and more transactional. Whether it's a doctor mm-hmm. who's trying to prescribe medicines, you know, I go back from, and probably you too, from a time when doctors used to spend some time listening to symptoms, listening to yeah. the story of the patient. These days, I think it's you come in and you're sent for a test and based on the test results, you're given a medicine. And so yeah. what started to happen in theory, there is a lot of theory around this and uh, there are many case studies, is that medical students' diagnostic ability started to come down because they were so dependent on tests. It's like you're so dependent on Google Map that you've forgotten to look up and look at, you know, landmarks and find your way. Yeah. And I think there was a pushback from insurance companies as well as hospitals saying that colleges needed to bring up the diagnostic abilities. And one very innovative way that colleges did that was that to make students sit in front of paintings or sculpture and try Mm -hmm. to look at that and try to understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Look at the background, look at the complexion of people, look at their facial expressions, try to build a story just from a static image. Mm-hmm. And this made them slow down the processing and dive deep into the details to try and come to some conclusions. Not all conclusions are correct, but at least you're starting to think in that direction. Yeah. So I got exposure to this and I thought that this was very fascinating. So when we started doing this in India, we really improvised on this because from a college level or a theory level we took it to a corporate classroom because we were very clear we wanted to do it in the corporate classroom the background to that was for 16 17 years i was sitting in corporate classrooms and i was bored out of my skull the Mm -hmm. same powerpoint the same pedagogy the same way of a talking head coming and saying what we should learn and there are exercises and activities but what we realized was what if we could make it more experiential and fun and so we introduced painting now, mm-hmm. Mayur, there are two, three things here One at multiple levels. One is it's a deep experience. Most mm-hmm. of us haven't painted since we probably left school. And I'm talking of vice presidents of investment banks and, you know, managing directors of engineering companies who are suddenly being given a canvas and paints and brushes and saying, OK, paint your vision of the organization. Mm-hmm. And you don't just paint it, but paint as a group. Yeah. And then what and so this activity is about two, three hours. But this is mm-hmm. therefore not the only thing. The learnings from this becomes what is the pillar or what I would say the driver for the entire learning experience. So it could be a two-day workshop on emotional intelligence. And through mm-hmm. that painting, you demonstrate EI, demonstrate yeah. how you interact with each other, how are you communicating, how good are you in uh collaborating, how you are what are some of the areas you're not good at, etc. Yeah. So what painting started giving was a very non-threatening, a non-competitive and a non-judgmental space. Because the reality is that most of us are not great at this, not great in kind of giving shape on canvas. So we are still drawing stick figures and triangles for mountains. Yeah. And so our entire point was it doesn't matter the quality of art you're producing. That isn't the game, but it's about how did you, what is the process you went through? Introspection, interaction, ideation, implementation. And then it started to evolve that, you know, we now have about eight or 10 painting based modules, which are all different from each other. We Mm -hmm. can simulate conflict. We can drive collaboration. 
we can mm-hmm. simulate rapid transformation or change all within a 3 hour art activity which are all different from each other and they okay. become the anchors for a larger art activity so this was also our differentiation we wanted to bring color to the training room that's the philosophy sure. we wanted sure. to make it an exciting activity and then of course we added theater my partner is certified in organization theater oh. uh, we added cinema we added photography we added music lego series play all kinds of stuff so experiential became a very big thing for us design thinking was happening parallel to this so we don't necessarily use art in design thinking however we realized that using theater for prototyping is a very powerful way of demonstrating okay. a value of what the experience could be okay mm-hmm. or using lego for prototyping or building a current customer reality would be very useful but they are they are distinct from each other so that's been the philosophy the the point of driving experiential learning mm-hmm. in a and making learning come alive so that you do things with your hands and then you reflect on what you did and draw leadership lessons out of it what you did why you did it and how can you do it differently be it negotiation to conflict management to working with each other all of that mm. so yeah i think that's what i would call it art based yeah so i i had some clue about what you do but uh, i think and and hence the name the painted sky right now i know hence. the philosophy behind the painted sky and you explained it quite well uh i always want to be there in your workshop someday uh, someday i'm sure some day but but tell me one thing uh, anirban it is little bit easy to sell design thinking because of the nature of what it is right how do you sell uh, art based approach to uh, the senior like leaders right where uh, they are more concerned about the R- the roi what will happen after one day two day or three day workshop yeah. right right and when you tell them we are unique in some way uh, we are art based right how do you sell it yeah that's a very very good question and i first of all i won't th- even tell you that design selling design thinking is an easy task okay yeah. i would yeah. really say that out up front and we'll talk about that later but it yeah. is much difficult simply because it's very abstract okay it's very esoteric very abstract um so i would say that if i again go back in the history of what we have been doing when we started talking art based in the market back in 2011 india was a very different market um the quality of work available in the market was very transactional as i said we were a cost arbitrage market and most of the roi conversations were in terms of skill building to deliver obvious value but i would say that we were we continued telling people about this the power of this and we were very convinced about it and we were very fortunate that we found some early adopters and early advocates mm-hmm. some leaders who were really smart leaders i would say who yeah. intuitively understood what we were talking about and that could be based on their own background in the global space where they had experienced something like this and they suddenly said aha there's somebody doing this in india yeah. or they could extrapolate that what we were saying could be linked to learning and mm-hmm. could be therefore linked to learning outcomes so that was a great place to start i gave was the necessary differentiation and so gave us a foot in the door okay now we don't have an hr or learning and development background so we are outsiders in everything we're not even designers when we talk design thinking and i think our greatest strength or advantage has been that we have been outsiders we can take a yeah. you know longer view at things rather than get you know too caught up in it 
and we are also often outside the politics of it so having said that now the second part of it was <laughs> the second part of it was what we also realized mayur and this is an important point is that and it probably comes with a background in sales is that you have to understand outcomes if i go and try yeah. to sell art based for the sake of the art based or the joy of art based unfortunately there won't be too many takers so therefore yeah. we are rarely ever talking to somebody that you are doing art for the sake of art you are doing mm-hmm. art as a simulation through which you will learn about change management you are doing art okay. as a simulation through which you will learn about conflict management or stakeholder mm-hmm. influence so the art is a means to that end now you could do that as a game now indian market was available used to games or role yeah. plays or stuff like that so we replaced one we're saying that you have done it that way now why don't you try this and yeah. it was brilliant we made people literally fight with each other in a rapidly changing environment with paints and canvases leaders were like wow this is what we do in a in our work in at work when suddenly yeah. change happens we are not comfortable with change we fight yeah. we resist we don't like our stakeholders and you were demonstrating that on something like a 2 3 hour painting act and then we would okay. do a long debrief saying what did you learn from it what did you do and why did you do it is this how you behave back at work what could you do differently and that sure. became the driver for the learning outcome so the fact is if the learning outcome got met that mm-hmm. people walked away saying that we learned three things about influencing stakeholders or managing conflicts better or we understood emo- our own emotional intelligence or emotional agility better and art enabled it yeah. from learning and development to business leadership everybody was happy and then you know it's a small world word of mouth traveled social media yeah. work and there were people who were curious wanting to try it and then it just went a bit viral i think and suddenly people were doing that and so it was tough at the start but i think later on we have enough results to show if you go on our website or our social media pages you'll see yeah. hundreds of pictures of people painting having fun but also negotiating with each other are building shared stories expressing the vision of the company or what the cultural pillars of the company should be and then discussing what behaviors must be there to support those cultural pillars and so those kind of things can happen and it's very magical in a workshop actually yeah no i think uh, for you the basics worked quite well uh, the word of mouth you made your customers your biggest uh, advocates right of the great work that Absolutely. you guys did or or are doing right tell me one thing so how you how how is your early preparation for all these workshop and i'm sure all these preparation must be different than the previous than the previous one right so if you are like if you are going for a next workshop right how much lead time that you have to prepare for that workshop because and i'm and, and i'm also asking because most of the design facilitators who who are watching this show now right talk show now uh, i yeah. think it's good for them to ha- i think you can be a successful design facilitator only if you have a good early planning right uh, just a just a high level thinking around this what all you seek for from these organizations or the team and how do you plan it before you hit the conference room or the workshop hall uh, to conduct yeah. a 3 day 2 day or even a month long workshops or oh, some of them can be 6 month long journeys right uh, yeah. from from discovery of your customer or user 
all the way to tested prototypes and assessments it could be anything yeah. right <laughs> so i think you're you're hit the nail on the head that preparation is everything and i think i i'm i i don't give free advice uh, i think it's of no value <laughs> but if, if ever people ask me i keep telling people this one thing prepare prepare and prepare some more practice uh-huh. in the sense i still do that after doing it i'm also very fortunate that i have a fantastic team working with me the painted sky team has it's one of the largest design thinking teams anywhere we have one of the largest design thinking coaching training and consulting practices in the world because of the sheer volume of work we do over 100 clients in 18 countries and uh, uh, now the thing is but at the same time we are very conscious of you know complacency that it's the same program over and over again so one of the things we are very clear on doing is the client conversations are very key for us before any whether we are working with a government trying to figure out how to you know revolutionize their education curriculum to working with a food delivery app company and improving their delivery executive experience whatever and i'm talking of extremes we would sit down with the stakeholder and ask them a series of very very powerful questions which is about the background of the people who are going to be in the room why should they be in the room okay or in other words the way i frame it is what is happening in the absence of let's say design thinking because too often yeah. when what happens is design thinking is also a buzzword i remember in yeah. one of your early interviews you had asked me that is design thinking a, a victim of its own success and i completely agree because we have got too many fly by night hole in the wall consultants who have watched a video here or read a book there and become design thinking consultants we are very clear yeah. that the team we have must have done design thinking on the ground what we call the dust on the shoes you have to ride, ride a bike with a sales guy or work at a dealer's a dealership or sit in a classroom understand how classes are happening to understand the reality of current experiences and you can't yeah. do this through theory you have to do it now that also gives us an understanding of what we therefore need to do in the classroom so mm-hmm. going back to my point i would sit with a client and say tell me why you want this because everybody wants to do design thinking yeah. and i can simply tell you that almost 20 30% of the people after we have a conversation we realize they don't need design thinking they need something else maybe but they yeah. think they need design thinking yeah so it's so we ask them why you need it who's there why do you need it what and the most important question what is your desired outcome yeah what is your desired outcome from the workshop and this is a two level mm-hmm. question what is your desired outcome from the workshop which could be two day three day three months whatever and what is your long term desired outcome from the people who are going to be participating what do you want them to do differently what should change for them do more yeah. of less of ever and finally what how will you measure your success how will you know your success what will success look like because yeah. it can be that's a tough question because when you're changing behavior how do you measure success Mm-hmm. but you know we have seen based on our experience what are some of the manifestations of the change so it's very difficult you would say we want improved empathy now how do you measure improved empathy first of all how do you measure empathy and yeah. then how do you measure an improvement so we say how what will it look like on the ground so how would you know somebody being more empathetic than the next person now those mm-hmm. could have markers i mean are you listening better 
are you asking more questions are you wanting yeah. to spend time understanding your stakeholder are you jump jumping to conclusions less are you spending mm-hmm. more time understanding the problem are you ready to go back and listen again okay are you suspending all your own biases your own belief system to say i don't know let me find out now so the, and this is just one example so if somebody yeah. tells us something something that could be abstract we help the client to nail it down saying this is what it should look like on the ground mm-hmm. and then we find agreement so that also tells us what the workshop as well as the journey should deliver so then it becomes easier then we work backwards from there so if this is your target these are mm-hmm. the milestones so by yeah. end of this phase you should be here etc and there is a constant check in you need to constantly check in is it landing right exactly as you said every workshop is different or every audience is different so you have to understand i you doing it right because i may have done thousands and thousands of hours my team has some, done some 22000 hours of work in this space mm-hmm. we hear that from our peers but every workshop is different so that, that 22000 hours mean nothing if on that day at that moment the that audience is not understanding what we are saying or yeah. is not being able to relate so you have to reflect you have to pause you have to understand what's happening take that feedback and exactly as you said improvise if you have to yeah and that improvisation can be completely dramatic i have many examples i have done it i've seen my team do it when we through a workshop we pivot and we say that this is not working dump it now again doing this for so long has given us so many methods and means and tools and approaches that we have that flexibility we know there is no one way of doing this you still want to right but you can dump one tool and change to another or you can dump the entire approach and you realize that this team doesn't really much on this element but is really struggling on the other because of the nature of their work etc so that's another way in which we would improvise as we go forward but again it needs practice it needs that experience and one yeah. more point before we continue is that we are also very tough with our clients mm-hmm. this is thing i would tell anyone who is wanting to listen to this demand more from your clients and tell them you are demanding more because it is good for them which means yeah. pester them for answers they don't have a great answer or they have a vague th- uh, understanding and you decide to run with that you're setting yourself up for failure because at the end yeah. of it you will be blamed if the workshop doesn't land right or the project doesn't go well you can go back and yeah. say oh but you didn't give us enough reasons for success but that won't work so pester and for longer engagements this is something we have been doing for the last 5 6 years and it's been very successful we get the leadership who's sponsoring to sign off on what we call the 3s model the leader mm-hmm. has to sponsor the team support the team and sustain the learning in other right. words give the team a chance to practice what they have learned otherwise it's pointless yeah. if they come back from a workshop and they realize that it's still business as usual and nobody cares second support them if they fail give them project opportunities application opportunities and the third you have to realize that learning will disappear if you don't sustain it over time so what are the micro learning inputs what could be you know assessments further inputs yeah. etc you give afterwards so that it can otherwise things won't work 
so again so, by yeah. doing it for so long we have the we have the demand these things but my recommendation to anyone is to not compromise on this you'll all succeed better yeah so for me i think there are three takeaways one early prep uh, and that is a must yes. second second is uh, collaborating with your design and with your team right bring them early bring them on board early yes. on right uh, have their skin in the game right most of the places what i see is there is a design thinking session is planned to happen on so and so date and the entire audience turns up on the same day without any context right except that okay i have a lnd budget there's a design thinking session that is happening it will be for a, for three day in a five star hotel right uh, and last but not the least uh, improvise things can go wrong you need to tweak it Absolutely. around right and then like move on so two things uh, one is the easy one the other is a tricky one anirban uh, uh, how big is your team you said that you have a biggest uh, design thinking facilitators in your company right how big is the team no, i won't say we are the biggest but we have a largest team we have right now close to 12 people who are working only on design thinking and which is they're all possible. certified facilitators so we run our own design thinking based coaching certificate program we are the world's uh, mm. you know the international coaching federation the icf the world's largest coach yeah. executive coach training company mm -hmm. uh, we are the only one in the world where we offer a coaching certification which leverages design thinking it okay. the next batch actually launches in november so there's a deep dive into design thinking while you learn how to be a practicing coach so all our facilitators have gone through that so they are okay. very very certified they've all also gone through various other certifications from all the big college names that you can think of mm -hmm. uh, i am myself certified from hasso plattner institute as a design thinking coach so we look mm -hmm. at certification seriously but we also look at practical knowledge so you must have done it or if you haven't done it but you know it with us you will get to do it sure, so there will be sure. enough project opportunities if nothing else you will do a project with learning and development community to understand learning needs learning experience design something that you know it's not theoretical you have learned it so yeah. it is a large team but our model is that we don't have people on payrolls we work with consultants but we have exclusivity with consultants when it comes to training which is a very robust model yeah. and uh, on an ongoing basis we have new talent onboarded constantly people are coming in and of course people move out as you know that's the reality yeah, yeah. we are very quality conscious of people who are working with us so yeah it's a it's a it's a team that delivers strong results and the and the training that you mentioned anirban which is plan to go on the floor in november what's yes. the timeline how uh, oh, is it a, no no it's a four month journey four to five month depending on breaks it's a it's called the innovation coaching certificate program iccp as i said it's a executive coaching program coach training program with focus on design thinking so and uh, my how much is, yeah. how much is the commitment fee for that program or oh, i think there are two levels for it because if you are looking to just learn it's a 66 hour learning program okay and if you want also to become certified then you need to put in another 10 hours so it's then okay. it's 76 hour learning program and the fees you asked did you ask for the fees yes so i uh, i uh, i don't call it fee i call it commitment fee uh, and that's what we call also on the like rethinking ux because yeah. it's not that you want to make money but you want a committed partner oh, yeah, to be yeah, there completely. completely see the thing is the money we make from this is 
I mean, it doesn't even register on our uh, register. So that's uh-huh. a very small. But exactly as you said, it's commitment. Uh, the fees are for the 66-hour program is 1.5 lakhs, and for the uh, 76-hour program, it's two lakhs. Cool. Uh, good. I think we. Uh... we touched upon many aspects of design thinking planning and everything else right yes. uh and there are so many de- design leaders design thinkers and there are many of them they are emerging design thinkers right practitioners and they are changing the Absolutely. shape of design thinking <laughs> if you have to uh if you have to uh, give your feedback or your mantra for your last so many years of experience right things to avoid as a design thinking facilitator right because i i take it as a serious affair right because you are responsible for shaping the mind future and the way of working for your entire audience right which which can be 30 50 no god knows right uh, what are those mantras that you would like to give it to all our like listeners who are into this field or the folks who want to jump into this field to shape the entire industry okay well first of all i don't think i have a mantra as such mayur uh, but i think if, if i if yeah so if i go back to that i think i can only tell you what has worked for me and by extension worked for us so far whatever it has worked i mean i won't say that we are very successful but whatever little success we have seen um i think i have already mentioned this first of all i think we have to um, be humble and okay. accept the fact that we don't know everything and really go back to understanding humans and learning who they are why they are coming and what is it that will give them value so i think very important for us to remember is that we owe them a good experience i think this is a very important point that i tell all my team mm-hmm. when you are standing in front of people 8 hours 16 hours whatever you're standing for you owe it to their audience that they get a good learning experience and that learning experience isn't gyan isn't about isn't entertainment yeah you could be cracking jokes and they had a lot of fun but at the end of it nothing happened beyond that i see enough people try doing that i think that's not important it's important yes engagement is important fun is important yeah. we are we have a lot of fun in a classroom but you have to keep in mind what is that desired outcome the learning outcome why mm-hmm. are they here and that's the value you're bringing so for that yeah. yes as you mentioned prepare practice understand that need and really be committed to delivering mm-hmm. not committed to passing those eight hours or just you know ho gaya paisa mil gaya let's move on that's True. not how you build a business you can get one or two workshops that way but it doesn't yeah. get you ahead i think that is the only thing be committed to it the other thing i want to also remind folks here is that practice design thinking design think the great challenge in design thinking today is that it looks deceptively easy so i actually in my workshops we tell people that how do you define design thinking i call it common sense because forever you know whether you're doing sales you're doing a presentation you're trying to communicate know your audience know your customer these are things we keep talking about so design thinking fundamentally looks like that but only when you go deeper and deeper you understand you are trying to understand psychology of people behaviors philosophies behind actions mindsets 
so it's not about learning five steps and 10 tools it's yeah. about investing in going deeper and falling in love with it it's not transactional it's not that i, I see a lot of people who come to us for interviews saying oh i also do communication skills programs i also do negotiation skills programs and i also do design thinking programs mm. it's because you're looking at it as you know just something that you run as a workshop but for me a design thinking facilitator okay i'm not taking anything away they could be great facilitators but i'm yeah. saying a good design thinking facilitator must be ready to invest in herself mm-hmm. to understand why she's doing it so develop the mindset and understand the mindset that leads to design thinking and then also and i think i mentioned this to you earlier that for us process is the easy part and yeah. 99% workshops focus on process five steps curlia and you're done yeah but for us a good design thinker is somebody who has an attitude for human centricity solving problems through empathy and experimentation yeah and yeah. this needs attitudes and you have to understand what builds that so being comfortable in the problem space don't jump to conclusions don't race ahead for a solution spend some time understanding the problem but yeah. also maintain discipline through the journey that there are stage gates we will spend this much time and then move to the next stage otherwise you will forever only talk problem and you'll never get to solution yeah, yeah the, true and the last thing sorry uh, just add is that design thinking also involves skills mm-hmm. skills like listening questioning stakeholder management ideation yeah. across hierarchies how do you deal with egos in a workshop yeah. okay because you have a management trainee and a managing director sitting together and you have asked everybody to freely ideate and you think your job is done because you have asked them but you don't have, do you have the skill to moderate that conversation so that actually the management trainee also feels comfortable speaking up and depending on organization cultures it could be very difficult so yeah. your skill as well as developing those skills in participants again that's yeah. something that i find missing in a lot of our design thinking approaches we only do process we don't focus on mindset building and skill building very very important for execution success yeah no uh, the design thinking has become victim of its own uh, shine right uh, <laughs> every time when i when i when i start conducting a design thinking session and i have done it for half a day one day two day and three days mostly for the organizations unlike you when you do it uh, as an as an outsider i do it as an insider the first thing which i keep in mind to communicate to them is anything and everything that we do maybe there will be an ice breaker yes. day maybe there will be an activity fun activity everything has to go back to the innovation product building product design right uh, and uh, so outcome. on and the 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 outcome right uh, but somehow in the industry people think that okay design thinking is fun it is fun way of learning right but that context yes. needs to be set uh, the the next question and, and most likely the last one uh, which every designer should be doing uh, unfortunately even i couldn't get a chance to do it until now uh, design thinking for social change right and i know that you are doing something right uh, sustainable development through design thinking uh, can you please touch upon tell me tell our audience what that is and why it is important yeah. for every designer for every professional to get into this or at least contribute their share of journey oh i think that's a very important question i think uh, and we have just started doing something but there's a background to it um 
so i think i have always been very very involved and uh, right from my college days and uh, i was into student politics and all of that so society social change impact on society these are things that have always mattered to me but then you get into the rigmarole of your jobs etc and you realize that you are only delivering shareholder value shareholders you don't know so then when you do your own business you do it your own way you you have the luxury of you know expanding beyond that so we have been dabbling yeah. with this for some time uh we have done some very good work with you know uh, the delhi government school education system uh at one level with very, a lot of not for profits we have worked helping them develop uh solutions for education and employability these are the two pet areas of mine actually we have focused a lot on uh social justice has been one of the values that has come through out of this um i've been also working very fortunate to work with organizations that are you know bringing funds into india like the dell foundation and others yeah. who in turn are funding very powerful not for profits who are working in empowerment education employment etc so we do design thinking with their grantees the not for profits that they fund where we are on the ground very close looking at you know you know economically challenged families socially challenged families ability wise challenged families and you know candidates and students and how we can enhance their education experience job prospects etc and again it's doing design thinking not just give lectures on design thinking but going out there working with people understanding on the ground how that's happened uh this kind of last this historically uh goes back a little bit in 2021 uh i did a project now with a fashion business out of delhi and i was one of the things one of the uh things that we problems we trying to solve one waste massive waste of the in that pollute oil and gas okay okay i will go on something like called a personal crusade it was called fashion diet which was nothing in okay. 2022 i decided i will not buy any fashion item or accessory then i mm. it suddenly got a lot of traction and that turned into a design thinking project and a fairly large design thinking project we spoke to over 2500 sustainable fashion customers and over 100 mm-hmm. sustainable fashion brands i'm using the quotes because both are very vague terms and what we discovered out of it was that we were trying to build a community the fashion diet became a community but we realized that all that is fine there are a lot of brands or a lot of solution providers using everything from blockchain to carbon capture to ai to impact yeah. sustainable fashion and by extension sustainability their kind of businesses are not some things that you know the typical vc or uh, would invest in and they are often early stage innovation companies and they are struggling so that yeah. led us to come up with this entire idea of a venture fund which is actually an accelerator but which is also raising its fund it's called seventh gen ventures uh seventh yes. gen or seventh generation interesting native okay. american concept which we follow uh it's a iroqua indian concept that says that all our decisions must be taken considering the impact on the next seven generation so if you mm-hmm. can think of what is the impact of your de- decision today on the seventh generation from now 
think of your choices in terms of environment in terms of sustainable practices in terms of you know diversity in your organization all kinds of things so it links to esg it links to the sustainable development goals etc so four of yeah. us are now building this company we have built this company of course we are running it we are talking to startups all the time who are focused on sustainability and climate action etc we have a lot of corporate clients who are funding this who are essentially investing in our acceleration model who are mm-hmm. funding individual startups who are solving their problems for the corporates we are working with a bunch of iims and iits etc working with their incubators where they have interesting startups or interesting ideas then which we are accelerating and taking to the market but it's focused on sustainability and social yeah. change and the, yeah. and the background to that and the spine of that is design thinking we are taking all these startups through design thinking to understand do you understand your customer most of them come to us with a solution and we ask them have you understood the problem and we send them back to do their research we help them do the research and figure out what is the actual problem and then modify or build new solutions similarly yeah. we took it to corporate clients who are working with let's say building cars to improving bottling to improving supply chain and we do design thinking with them to say let's understand the real problem and that mm-hmm. problem could be yours the problem could be your suppliers your vendors your supply chain and let's see then what could be the after we have understood the problem we would take yeah. it to the ecosystem and say can you help us solve it to startups to organizations etc and so it is a we are trying to build a collaborative space where startups academia corporates and government come together india has huge problems and yeah. we are trying to solve applying a design thinking principle at scale so it's very yeah. early days we're just about 6 months now but yeah. the background is our work in design thinking and we are seeing very very good response from the world great great uh and it's also our responsibility because of the reach that we have right whenever we conduct a design thinking sessions uh, i remember in couple, in last couple of sessions that i have done right workshops i also give them some some food for thought right and at least go back and think uh, it takes 450 years for a polythene to degrade right absolutely uh, it takes 800 liters of water to make one pair of jeans and we have Absolutely. 10 of them we want to even use right i think these examples if you bring with numbers right uh, that also it's also shifting the mindset right but okay. any time if you need any help anirban on your ne- like noble cause we thinking ux being india's largest design community we are up for it uh, uh, without any uh, without any funnels but i think like today it was pleasure like talking to you every time i talk to you we have a good candid discussion there's a yes. lot that mutually we learn from each other and i think from this uh, talk show our audience will have a lot to ponder on lot to think and re improvise how they do what they do and where they do right so thanks a lot anirban and uh, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you thanks for your time and uh, any time anything that you need from rethinking your community we are all up for it so thanks a lot thank you mayur it is a pleasure and i think one of the things we have to now remedy is to meet in person since we are both in bangalore if bangalore's traffic the greatest design thinking challenge in the world is bangalore's traffic if that allows us we should definitely meet up but thank you for the offer we will surely take you up on it because uh, sustainability is not woke it's not climate action is not something we can move away from or look away from yeah look around us and i think 
every conflict today is happening because of the pressures on the environment which is re- hitting our agriculture to our lifestyles to our livelihoods and yeah. i think design thinking or design i would say is very well equipped to address the core issues by understanding both why things are where they are and what needs to change and i think the design community has a massive responsibility in it my one of my design idols mike montiero of mike of mule design calls it that the world is operating the way we have designed it so it's sure. our responsibility to do something about it to redesign it if we have to and if we can work together i'm sure we will but uh, yeah i'm excited this is a great space i think the whole world needs to learn design thinking and uh, we are just yeah. making steps and you are joining that journey and rethinking ux is doing phenomenal i've been following you guys i'm a thanks big a fan of what you're building what you've achieved super job man thanks thanks anirban thanks a lot thanks bye 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 have a good day See you.